are listening to the Innovo Podcast, a ministry of Innovo Vineyard Church in Wichita, Kansas. To learn more about Innovo, you can visit us online at innovovineyard.com. We hope you enjoy this message from God's Word. And we are in a series on the 23rd Psalm that we're calling, get ready for this, Psalms 23. I came up with that myself. Yeah, that was pretty, pretty creative, wasn't it? <laughs> and we're, we're talking about what a great shepherd and leader that God is in our lives. He's a great shepherd, and he's a great leader for us. So let's stand together, and we're going to read this 23rd Psalm. It's one, it's one of the Psalms almost everybody on the planet knows this Psalm, Psalms 23. And let's read it together. Let's try this. We do a little different each time. But let's try it together on the count of three. One, two, three. The Lord is my shepherd. I will not be in need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for the sake of His name. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Certainly goodness and faithfulness will follow me all the days of my life, and my dwelling will be in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. You can, you can have a seat. Uh, I memorized that psalm when I was, I think, 13 years old. It was a Sunday school challenge, and I thought, I'll show them. I'm going to memorize. I'll be the first person to memorize that chapter, and I did, and I don't know what I got for it, but uh, I'll tell you what I'm going to do is uh, the, the first person that you can come up to me and uh, recite that and memorize it. I'll give you one of Lewis Erickson's books, called God the Father Revealed. So work on that, whatever version. I, I memorized it in the old King James. Thou preparest a table before me, you know, which is fine. That's, just how, I, that's how I'll always remember this psalm. Um, <laughs> years ago, when I was leading youth ministry at multiple campuses up in Illinois, I had to come up with a creative way of providing some teaching for everybody. So I thought... Um, It'd be a good idea to go on location and, and film some series that I would do for, with some teaching. So we did a, a series on Jesus being my hero. We went down to Centralia, Illinois, to the Superman Museum, and we shot the whole thing at the Superman Museum. Pretty cool. We did a series on character, and we picked the bad kids in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Remember that, that movie, that, that book? And we went to the Hershey store in Chicago, Illinois. We filmed the whole thing. So I'm teaching a, a, a series on leadership in the life of David. I thought, wouldn't it be a great idea to go to a, uh, a sheep field where the sheep are and, and film it right there in the middle of the sheep? So we did that. And I'm thinking, you know, sheep are gentle and docile, and they like to be petted, which are all wrong, you know. Uh, they're, they're fast, they're elusive. If, you don't, if a sheep does not want to be touched, you can't get near it. And I'm in a field with 100, 200 sheep, and 
I made it my goal. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to smack a sheep. I'm going to pat a sheep, you know. And I couldn't get near one the entire time. They were just all over the place. And I was the thief and the robber, you know, uh, in, in their minds. So they did not want me near them. Um, being a shepherd would have been tough work with sheep being so fast and elusive. Now, as Westerners, we don't encounter shepherds. We don't think about shepherds too much. We don't really have a good picture of who they are. So I want to share a little bit about that today. Shepherds are and were usually women, usually girls, usually 12, 13, 14 years old. When, when uh, the angel appeared to the shepherd in the Bible, there's a pretty good chance he showed up to a number of 10, 11, 12, 13-year-old girls. They were the shepherds, not the bearded gentlemen we see in the Christmas stories. That's who they were. Uh, they still are today. I got a picture of a, of a shepherd girl in uh, the Middle East. This is current. And uh, there's, a, there's a girl out watching the sheep. It's hard to find men or boys who are shepherds anymore. They're, they're usually girls. Uh, a good shepherd watched out for the sheep, protected them from danger, led them to food. Basically, it was the shepherd's job. I always thought it was the shepherd's job to keep them from escaping. The, shep the sheep are not trying to get away from the shepherd. Uh, it's the shepherd's job to keep them alive and to lead them to food. And there was a relationship between the sheep and the shepherd. Um, it wasn't just a business relationship. I mean, they were, they were, it was a close relationship. The sheep knew the shepherd's voice. There could be five or six groups of sheep on a hill, five or six shepherds. One shepherd makes the noise, you know, clicking or saying something or singing a song, and his sheep come right, right at him immediately. They know their shepherd and they trust their shepherd. Uh, the shepherd knew what to do to help them thrive in a tough environment. And the wilderness where the sheep were was not an easy place to live. We talked about this last week. It was hot in the, in the day. It was cold at night. There were insects. What were the insects we talked about? Spiders. That's not really an insect. And scorpions. There were scorpions everywhere. Uh, there were predators. Uh, there, were, there were bears. There were you know, wild cats, lions. Uh, panthers, there were all kinds of foxes and wolves, and there were flash floods, which we'll talk about next week in detail, and little food and hardly any water. And the sheep needed a good shepherd who was wise and knew how to lead them to food and keep them alive. If you had a bad shepherd, it was a bad deal. <laughs> you wanted a first stringer, you wanted a first string shepherd. And there was an art to being a good shepherd. And if they could pull it off, their sheep would thrive. Now, it's good to know this because um, a shepherd is a great picture of who God is in our lives, who he wants to be. He wants to lead us. He knows the lay of the land. He knows how to make things work. Uh, he's aware of the predators and how they attack and how to protect us. And he's got the ability to lead us to what we need in life. How many of you guys know there's some things we need in life, aren't there? You know, relationships and, and food and clothing and uh, jobs and different things. He knows how to lead us to the things. And David said, when God is your shepherd, you won't experience any lack. You won't experience any lack. He says, I have all my need. God is my shepherd. So if God's our good shepherd, then we're the sheep. And this wasn't a compliment. Sheep are not the smartest animals in the world. Uh, but we were designed by God to be dependent on a good shepherd. Let me say that again. 
We were designed and made by God not to be independent, but to be dependent on an almighty, loving God. We need his leadership. Now, that's not easy for us to admit. I want to be the leader of my own life a lot of times. Some of us even resent the fact that we suggest that you need a leader in your life. We need a leader, and that's who God wants to be. Now, in, uh, in Bible times, in David's time, a herd consisted of sheep and goats. What's the difference between a sheep and a goat? Sheep are good followers. Goats do what they want, <laughs> and they get into all kinds of trouble. You know, are, are you a sheep or are you a goat? You know, my, my goal, I, I decided early in life, God, I want, to be, I want to be a good sheep. I am very independently natured. But God, I want to follow you and submit to you and, and let you lead me. Because when we let God lead, life is better. When we let God lead, life is better. So today I want to talk about how God leads us and trains us to trust his provision for our lives. In the first verse, David kind of lays it out. The Lord's my shepherd, I have no need. But then he lays out how that works. So the one we're going to talk about today is, um, well, let me, let me say this first. How are you at trusting God to meet your needs? Let's think about this. How are you at trusting God to give you food and shelter and meet your needs? And, and most of us, some of us have, have put this to the test, but most of us really have not been tested in this area in our lives. We've always had paychecks. We have supermarkets and jobs and clothing stores and credit cards. And we lean on these things for provision. Now, some of us have had times where we just didn't have anything. But most of us, most of the time, have plenty of things. And God wants us to know in good times and in bad times that he is totally trustworthy and dependable. And if we can allow him to lead, um, there's going to be times in our lives when it looks like there's no resources and we're in trouble, but he can provide for us in the good times and the bad. So he says in verse 2, he lets me lie down where? Green pastures, okay? Let's me lie down in green pastures. Now the King James Version says he makes me lie down. And I realize that Whoever translated that has never been around sheep because you can't make a sheep do anything, really. Sheep do, <laughs> sheep do what they want, you know. You can't make them lay down. I heard it said that a good translation of this is, he settles me in the green pastures. And I, I, I kind of I like that a little bit. Uh, but what does that look like? Now, here's where our Western way of thinking and our lack of understanding Middle Eastern terrain and animals comes into play a little bit. Uh, many Westerners, when we think of green pastures, we think of green meadows with tall grass. As far as your eye can see, it's green and it's lush and it's wonderful. And that's what we think of when we heard the way we heard the word uh, green pastures. But we have to remember we're talking about the wilderness. Here is a Judean wilderness um, that's referring to the green pastures. Does anybody see any green pastures in that? Not a, whole lot, not a whole lot there, is there? That's where the sheep live. You can actually see little trails off in the distance that were actually sheep trails where the herds of sheep would wander. And this is basically where they lived. Now, um, a couple times a year, there's a little rain. 
and the, the landscape turns a little green, and there's, there's a lot of grass. Let me show that up there. See that? There are some, that's the same, the same area. There's some, some grass, and there's still the rocks and the caverns. It's a dangerous place. But a couple months out of the year, it's a little green, and there's plenty of grass. But that is not the normal times. And believe it or not, those, that is not the green pastures the Bible is talking about. It's a, it's a great, abundant little season. It doesn't last very long. Pretty soon the rain stops, and the wilderness looks dead, and that's where the skill of the shepherd comes into play. See, at the end of the day in the wilderness, uh, it's very, very hot during the day, but a wind blows in from the west. The Mediterranean Sea is about 20 miles away from this wilderness where the, the sheep are being raised. And this wind comes in, it's cool and it's moist. And these rocks have been baking in the sun all day long and they're very hot. That cool, moist air hits those hot rocks and the, the water condenses on those rocks and it drips down the side of the rocks onto the ground. And overnight and into the morning, green shoots of grass will grow up around those rocks. And... Um, there's little tufts of grass for the, for, the, for the shepherds to find. A good shepherd knows how to find these western-facing rocks and see the tufts of grass that come up. There's, there's some little pictures of the grass. It just comes up overnight. And the shepherds have to know where, the, where these tufts of grass are, and they have to get the sheep to them usually by noon because around noon the sun is really hot and the grass withers and it disappears and there's no more. But when they get to them in time, they get a good little meal. And the, she the shepherd will lead the sheep, usually on about a five-mile journey every day, looking for these tufts of grass for the sheep to eat. And they go from rock to rock, from mouthful to mouthful, and they call these tufts of grass green pastures. You are looking at a green pasture. See, the biblical picture of a green pasture is where God takes us and plunks us down in thick grass uh, where we can eat or fill and roll around in abundance. There's, there's those times in life, and we shouldn't feel guilty about those times. There's those times where, man, everything's going perfect. You know, nobody's hurting around us. You know, we're, everybody's healthy. Everybody's job is great. There's no relational difficulty. We have plenty of money and plenty of food. How many times in your life has everything been clicking all at the same time? You know, usually, it usually doesn't work that way. Usually there's something that's just kind of we're struggling with. But we need to know that God will provide for us in the good times and the bad. Sometimes, if you have ever had a time in your life when everything's going crazy at once, it feels like, you know, there's financial need, there's relational need, there's a job need, there's, there's all these needs in our life. It doesn't matter if everything's clicking or everything's falling apart, God says, I have got provision for you. And that's good for us to know. Um, each day, God provided just enough food through those shepherds for the sheep to eat. And the interesting thing is the sheep survive on this. In fact, they're even content. The sheep aren't running around nervous, all upset, you know, where's the grass for tomorrow? Uh, they trust their shepherd that the next day the shepherd can get them to the green pastures for the next day so they will have enough. Now this is a good picture for us. 
of God's provision. Now, we like to stockpile. Anybody like to stockpile? You know, when I was a kid, I, I, somehow I, I, I figured out a way that my parents would pay for everything. I had a job. You know, I used their car. I got them to put the gas in the, in the tank. That doesn't work with me, with my kids. I, get your own gas. You know, you get a job. You know, they paid for my food. I, I, I had to pay for very little. You know, I had to pay for, I, I got my parents to do, to do everything for me. And I just socked the money away in the bank. You know, I'm just, I'm making, you know, $2.64 an hour. That was minimum wage when I was growing up. You know, it's a little more than that now. And, uh, but I put, I put the money away. And we like to stockpile. I like a fat bank account. I like a giant shopping cart full of groceries. Isn't that a good feeling? You're just kind of going around Sam's and it's just stuff full of food and it's hanging out the, the side. And, you know, and that's okay. It's, it's wise to plan. It's wise to save. It's wise, wise to set things aside. Uh, unless we start trusting that full shopping cart and that bank account for our provision. Because what happens if the money's gone? What, what happens if there's no food? <laughs> what happens if we lose our home and our stuff? Those things happen. Can God take care of us when the stockpile is gone? That's the question of green pastors. Can God take care of us? See, this, and it's not just about food and stuff, you know relationships. Can God bring the right relationships into my life that I crave and that I need? Can God do that? Um, work and meaningful projects, creative endeavors, entrepreneurial pursuits. Can God bring those things that we need? You know, I'm the kind of person I need those things to be challenged. Can God bring those into my life? Ministry. Uh, does God have provision for us in the moment to pray for somebody and they can be healed? To pray for somebody and their needs can be met, for God to do a miracle. Does God have provision for us in those ways? See, it all comes down to trusting our shepherd to lead us to green pastures. Now, this concept of green pastures is something I would call one of, one of the ways of God. Now, let me explain that. I think God wants us to understand who He is and how He's going to treat us when we trust Him. Uh, God has certain ways, certain ways that He does things, um, and He wants us to get it. And this concept of green pastures is all throughout the Bible. I want to just kind of share a couple of ways. Uh, we see it in manna in the desert. You know the story of the children of Israel came out of Egypt, going into the promised land, over a million people traipsing through the desert. And God formed a cloud over them by day to keep them cool, pillar of fire by night to keep them warm, and he gave them green pastures. It was called manna. Let me read this. Exodus 16.4, then the Lord said to Moses, I'm going to rain down bread from heaven. I like like that picture. I'm going to to rain it down (laughs) uh, for you. Each day the people are to go out and gather their daily portion Thus will I test them to see whether they follow my instruction or not. And this is how it happened, man. God just, at night, they'd wake, you know, God would pour down the the flakes of bread in the morning. The people would get up and gather them. And they had all the the nutrition they needed, and it was a miracle. It wasn't a natural thing. God said, I'm going to provide for you, even in the desert. And God made it happen, but they still had to gather it, didn't they? 
You know, the sheep had to follow the shepherd through the wilderness to get the grass. God provided, but we have a part to play. And God said, I want you to trust me that there will be green pastures tomorrow. I'm going to give you just enough manna for today. And you don't need to stockpile it because tomorrow there's going to be more. But what did people do? They went out and they tried to gather it for a whole week. I'm going to get, I'm going to, I don't want to have to gather this every day. Maybe tomorrow God's going to forget or he's not going to be paying attention. So I'm going to stockpile the manna. And the next day when they woke up, the stockpiled manna had worms and maggots and it smelled really, really bad. Uh, God wanted them to, to trust him for each day. The rabbis taught that worry is dealing with tomorrow's problems on today's green pastures. That's what the rabbi said. You don't, you don't, don't have tomorrow's pastures until tomorrow and it'll be just enough for what you're going to need. See, our, our, it would be nice, and I think we, we teach this sometimes and expect this, but God does not promise us a life of luxury. We're going to have this, an abundance all the time. But he does promise to give us what we need for the moment. And as sheep, we've got to learn to trust God today instead of worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow. Um, you might not see it now, but tomorrow there's going to be the manna and the green pastures you need. And, and the Bible said it was a test. <laughs> God is training us to trust Him. And if you can trust Him, so many other things fall into place. One of our biggest challenges is, you know, it's, it's hard for us to trust the Lord. We, we don't know. You know, for health and for healing, for a spouse, for a job, <laughs> for a great future. I like how Mark said this. I'd say for a meaningful life that's eternal, but it starts now. We have to trust Him for these things. And I think the test of trusting God for physical provision opens the door for us to receive from God in all these other ways. I think trusting God for the, for the money and the, and the sustenance opens that. If we can trust Him for that, we can, we can receive a whole lot more in all the other areas as well. Now, we also find this in this concept of green pastures in what was called the, the discourse on the hill, the Sermon on the Mount, we, we call it sometimes. And Jesus had this principle of trusting God, and you know what he called it? Give us this day our daily bread. Okay, it was called green pastures with the shepherd. Jesus called it daily bread. Uh, he didn't tell his disciples to pray for the stockpile. Just trust God every day for the daily bread and he will provide for you for green pastures. God's provision for his people. And it's just, a, it's just a way of the Lord that God will provide that daily stuff that we need. Matthew 6, 31 through 34, he said it like this. So do not worry and say, what are we to eat? Or what are we to drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. See, part of God's leadership strategy for us is to learn to trust Him so we can follow Him better. And it's interesting in this passage, he contrasts paganism. Okay, Pagan, pagans who don't know the Lord, don't know the Lord Jesus, 
um, they're characterized by a fear of not having enough. And Jesus says, as my people, as you follow me, you're going to be, char- you're going to be characterized by an ability to trust me, and you're going to see me come through for you over and over. We see the, we see the invisible. God's got what you need even when you can't see it. Uh, we see it in Paul's teaching. Uh, and I love how Paul said this as well. Paul taught that as we follow the Lord Jesus, there's going to be times of abundance and times of challenges. There's going to be both. Uh, God wants us to know that whether things are abundant or in tough times, He's still your shepherd. He can still get you what you need. There's going to be times that are great, times that are tough. And, and Paul lived through this, didn't he? Paul had some tough challenges. As Paul took the gospel across the world, what are some things that happened to him? Got shipwrecked. What's that? Got bit by a snake. That would be the worst thing for some people. Uh, he, got, he got beaten. Once he got beaten with Raj, you know how they used to cane people? They, he got caned. Um, they, he got whipped like Jesus got whipped three, to, three different times. He, he said he floated for a day and a night out in the open sea. He, he was betrayed by people. Paul had times that were amazing, and he had times that were hard. And this is what he wrote in Philippians. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned before, but you lacked an opportunity to act. Not that I speak from need, for I have learned to be what? Content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with little. I know how to live in prosperity. In, in, in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. This is a great testimony. You know, when I'm in fields of green that stretch to the horizon, or whether I'm in the wilderness eating tufts of grass, grass from beside a rock, <laughs> you know, I'm content. And that's the context. We take that scripture verse and we apply it to hitting the game-winning shot. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Or, or all kinds of different things. And that's not, it's not horrible to do that. But what he's talking about is contentment. Whether I have a ton or I have a little, I can be content. Because I know who my shepherd is and God's going to take care of me. And this is good for us to know. God's not promising us lush grass all the time. He's promising to give us enough for each day. Both are part of life. You can experience both. There's going to be times where you're thinking, where's, where's my next meal going to come from? Or what am I going to do with all this food that I've got? I'm, it's all going to waste, you know? Uh, and what are we going to do in both situations? In the, in the good times, we find security in the abundance instead of in the Lord, and that's a problem. We build negative dependencies on the abundance instead of on Him. Or we get into the brown times where all the grasses turn brown and we get discouraged because we think God's forgotten about us or He's not paying attention or He's punishing us. If you don't understand the way of the Lord, you understand that when, when there seems to be a little lack or a little challenge, it's not, it's not that God's mad at you. It's not that He's holding out on you. He's not punishing you. He's teaching us to trust Him. It's the reality of life. And Paul's saying, if you find yourself over here, trust Him. If you find yourself over here, enjoy it, trust Him. He's going to come through. 
Now, for us as a church, we have to understand this too. This works for you as individuals and as families, but for our church, we have to trust the provision of God for our church. We've got bills to pay. We've got things that, that need to happen. You know, we've got, we got to pay our bills, have money for ministry, and we all volunteer, and we give financially to meet the needs. Uh, ultimately, it's God's responsibility to take care of us, but we, but we give and we pitch in, and we make it happen. You know, and in the good times, you ever have things so good you just feel guilty? You know, I had a business once where there were just days I would just make an insane amount of money. And I would just, I was like, man, this doesn't, something about this doesn't feel right sometimes, you know, because it was, it was so easy, it was so good. But, but now I learned, you thank God for those times. And then there are times when we just didn't want to go out to eat. Now we don't have money to go out to eat. You know, we got bills to pay, we got things to do. And there were times where I would give a lot away. One year I gave half my salary away. This God was just blessing us, and there's so much abundance. And in the good times, one thing that we do is when God's blessing you so much, man, we can afford to give things away. If we know that God's going to take care of us, we can help people with our money. And that's, that's huge, you know. But I'm going to follow him in both times, in the, in the green times and the brown times. Um, a couple more in the book of Hebrews. It says, Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, may he equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. See, God will give you what you need through his atoning work on the cross um, to help you accomplish his will in assignments he has for you. When Jesus died on the cross for you, provision came out of that for our lives. And uh, when we say yes to him and we follow him, uh, this is where we trust the Lord. And, and for us as a church, God gives us assignments as a church, things he's called us to do. One is to love our neighborhood. And part of that loving our neighborhood, God said, give everything away. Don't charge, let churches make money on their neighborhood. We don't do that. We give everything away for free. That's what God has told us to do. Trusting him to pr provide for us. And he's given you assignments for your life, things he has for you to do. And he's going to give you provision to see it through. That's how we can be generous and give things away. And it's great to feel God at work through us, helping people and loving people. That's why we're together, you know, to, to encourage each other and to, to love each other and to, and to reach out and to help people. See, all of this green pasture stuff, let me just condense it down to this. All the green pastures, the manna, the provision, it's all found in the Lord Jesus. He's, he's the manna. Jesus is the green pastures. <laughs> he, he is our provision. Um, he provided all we need when he obediently went to the cross and died for us and laid down his life. You know, our provision doesn't come from the fact that I'm some great person. You know, God's going to take care of me because I'm this great person. You know, uh, that's not it at all. He takes care of me because of Jesus and what Jesus did on the cross for me. That's his source of provision for me. Uh, it's not like we deserve it. It's not like we're better than anybody else. We can feel that way sometimes. Well, I'm better than those people, and I'm better than those people, so God's going to take care of me. No, we're, we're all in the same boat. We, we trust God uh, because of what Jesus did on the cross. He is the provision, and he is building a great testimony for us. You know, one of the, one, one of the things we have to, to dream of 
is not just God coming through for us every day, but the track record of what God's doing in our lives, what he's building for us. He is building a track record of God coming through and coming through and coming through and coming through. And we have a lot of things to share and to be excited about. Let me, let me close, and we're going to take communion together this morning. 1 Corinthians 5.21 For he made him who knew no sin to become sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. This is one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. God made Jesus to become sin for us. He took our sins upon himself so that we might become righteousness. It's called the great exchange. Jesus took our sin and he gave us his righteousness. When we say yes to him, we not only get provision, but we get forgiveness and we get our needs met and we get a good shepherd who loves us and that's awesome. So what are some things that we can do to take part in this? What are some things that we can do? Let me give you a couple quick things. Number one, um, talk to God about what you need. Dialogue with him. You know, when there's a need or you're afraid or you're concerned or it's a relational need or a job need, you know, we, we talk about those things in here together. When there's a, a sickness or there's a, there's a job need or whatever, you know, we pray, but you can talk to God about those things on your own too and, and, and dialogue with him. Tell him what's going on. Don't panic when you don't see the green grass, <laughs> you know, pray about it. Talk to him about it. That's huge. Um, that's the first thing. The second thing is this. Uh, don't be afraid to do some work. You know, I've got the unique perspective of getting to work a job and pastor a church. And at first I saw it kind of as a negative thing, but now I kind of see it as a positive thing. Because it's, well, number one, it's good to work, but it keeps me in touch with what it means to earn a living and to uh, be, be like everybody else. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a good thing. And and God will lead us to the green grass, but there's stuff for us to do sometimes. We have a part to play. So don't be afraid to do some work. Third, be generous with your money. Generosity and giving is a sign that we trust God to meet our needs. I know at church, and we don't talk about this a whole lot, but, but tithing and giving, and a lot of us are just great at that. We, our, our tendency is to think, well, if I, if I give, then I'm not going to have enough. And part of the trusting God to be our shepherd is that if we can regularly give, I didn't say give something, you know, we, we see God's provision and see him come through for us. Even when things are a little hard, we give wisely. We don't just like, well, I'm going to give my whole paycheck away today. No, we don't, we don't do that kind of thing. <laughs> you know, we, we, give, we do wise giving because we have budgets and we want to make sure that we're being wise with our money, but we give a regular portion and we set it aside to meet needs. And then when God comes through, man, we party. We boast about it. We get excited. We share it. You know, we have our sharing time here. What's God done in your life this week? Man, we, and we've had these before. I don't know how I was going to pay this bill. This was really tough. But man, God came through for me. <laughs> the green pastor was there, and, and God's been at work in my life. Maybe we have some areas of grief or some areas of, of sickness or a relational issue. Man, we lift those up to the Lord, and as we see God move, we, we, we celebrate that together. Look what God's doing. And really, even while we're waiting for God to work, we celebrate in anticipation. Man, I'm not seeing what I, I thought I was going to see, but man, I trust God, and He's at work in my life, and I love Him, 
and, and, he's, and he's active with me, which is really, really good for us. So here's what we're going to do. Let me, I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to take communion today as just kind of a symbol of God's provision for us. Jesus died on the cross for us. He took our sin on himself so that we can become his righteousness. We're going to celebrate that today, and we're going to, as we take it, we're going to, we're going to ask God for provision for the other areas of our life that we need as well. So uh, I'm going to pray. Worship team, why don't you guys go ahead and come on up. And um, usually I have the little con- we have the little containers that are sealed. We don't have that today. I couldn't find them. So what I want to ask you to do is, as, as the music starts, let's go ahead and come up, take your communion, take it to your seat, and then we're all g- hold on to it. We're all going to take it together. So that's how we're going to do it this morning. So let me, let me pray for us. Lord, thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Lord, we trust you today. We thank you that you are the good shepherd who leads us to green pastures. Lord, we thank you that even though there might be some need in our life, Lord, we know that you love us, you're at work, and you have what we need. And God, we bless you and thank you today. Holy Spirit, just speak into those areas of need today. Lord, we invite you just to touch us in those areas of need. And Lord, we, just, we celebrate who you are what you're doing. Help us to hear your voice, and we thank you for all you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen.